So we are here with uh, David Rayner, um, who um, was one of the pioneers of the community church, actually, um, back in 1983. Yes. Look at that. I know my history. I know my <laughs> history. And uh, it's uh, been really exciting for us to hear that you have recently released a book that you've written, and we are thrilled to have you here just to talk a bit about it and to let people know what it is that they will be um, giving their time to and paying good money for. Okay. <laughs> this is not cheap. <laughs> and, uh, 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 and it means that I get to hang out with you for a bit, so I'm pretty pretty excited about that. But this, this isn't your first book that you've ever written. You've written books before, haven't you? I have, yes. Um, I wrote a biography of Charles Oxley, who was a pioneer in independent education, Christian education, and in a number of other spheres as well. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote a study book on uh, essentially the battle for the mind. Mm -hmm. It's not called that, but uh, that's the essence of the other mm -hmm. thing. And a couple of uh, smaller things as well. Smaller, yeah, things that we found very useful over, over the years. Um, but this latest book is Coming Through the Valley. Yes. Um, which we have a, a copy here to hand. And we've actually got the original written documents here as well. Yes. Which is pretty cool. Yes. It just started off as a, an old exercise book um, when Gwen was given the diagnosis. It was the first day of Bible Week, 2018. Mm. We were on our way down to uh, Newark and we had to stop off at Aintree Hospital to get results of neurological tests. Gwen had had a few weeks before and uh, without any messing about, the doctor said, I'm sorry, you've got motor neuron disease, which was a big shock. Mm. And I started writing really a diary. I thought I want to log the progress of this thing. And we believed that God could and would heal. And I wanted to build up to the point where she was healed and I wanted the narrative to incorporate that. And the, I suppose the therapeutic process for myself to be able to put things down because thoughts come your way, scriptures come your way, negative thoughts come your way and there's a battle going on mm. day by day for Gwen obviously and for myself. So I wanted to write it down um, what comes out in the in the final book is not everything I wrote. Okay. There's a lot more diary entries in the exercise book than there are in the <laughs> final version. Some of it's very down to earth stuff which you wouldn't want to, to read really. Um, but that was the process. Um, and if God didn't heal, again, I wanted to record this confrontation mm -hmm. between the reality of motor neuron disease as it was affecting Gwen and the equal reality of our faith in a God who does heal. Mm. And we had both seen healing, we'd both been involved in healing on more than one occasion. Yeah. So we had no doubts that God could heal Gwen. We knew that motor neuron disease was uh, progressive deterioration, uh, sort of winding down of contacts between the brain and muscles, various points in the body. And for Gwen, it particularly affected her mouth. So eventually she lost the power to speak 
she lost uh, the power to eat or drink or suck through a straw or any mouth activity at all. Mm. That was the worst of it. She had uh, sort of bent fingers in her left hand and lost the grip in that. But apart from that, um, the rest of her body, I mean, there, there were occasionally muscular twitches, you know, you could see a muscle twitching in her thigh or in her arm or something like that. But I mean, I've had those and just thought nothing of them. Yeah. Uh, they just happened. Um, I was very grateful she didn't experience pain through the, the illness um, or vomiting. She hated vomiting and mm. that, that never happened. So we were very grateful for that. Um, the only pain that she had was in the, the coccyx, the tailbone, because she was sitting for so long, it became red raw. Mm. So eventually when we had district nurses in, they were concerned about mm. skin breaking. So they prescribed creams and so on. So I wanted to get it all down and then see what happened. So it was looking to record the narrative um, because you were full of faith that God was going to do something incredible yes. and see her healed. Yes. Um, and and then, I, I understandably, it, it changes um, and becomes a way for you to process. Uh, I think you're... you're your wording is really good that the confrontation between our reality and and knowing that there is a, a god that is all powerful and loves us totally yeah. and yet not seeing a breakthrough in that yeah uh, what was there was there a moment because you, you throughout it all you know that there is a god because you've seen god doing amazing healing power yeah. but was there a moment where um you thought okay God's not going to break through, or were you expectant of that right until the, the very end? I wouldn't say I was expectant. I was still hopeful. Mm. Um, uh, the last two weeks Gwen had on this earth were, were in Queen's Court Hospice, mm. uh, which was always her chosen departure lounge. So mm -hmm. it was wonderful that God arranged it in that way. Yeah. But I hadn't expected that. I thought there was a lot more uh, distance to go. And then suddenly the call was, you know, we have a spare bed if you'd like to come. And she just took it like that. And I was still hopeful, even while she was in the hospice, mm. that God could heal her. I wouldn't say I was expectant that he would mm. at that stage. I think by then Gwen had decided God wasn't going to heal her. I think she'd decided sometime before that. Yeah, okay. And she was more accepting of the medical reality that she was going to pass on. Mm. Um, I think in some ways, uh, because I was feeding her three times a day through a tube in her stomach, and she, she seemed not to want that in the first place. She accepted it eventually. Mm -hmm. But even then, when it was suggested that she should have more pumped into her, she was saying no. And I think she never actually said this, but I think she was willing to hasten the end okay. by not taking in more sustenance. Yeah, okay. Nourishment. Uh, but that, that was only my thought in hindsight. Yeah, okay. I thought at the time, you know, <coughs> we're in the battle together and we'll, we'll take whatever comes mm. with faith in a good God. So, uh, uh, what um, 
you have the the time when uh, Gwen passes and you're um, reflecting and processing and um, uh, through all of that, what was the the stage at which you thought, oh, there's something that I need to do with what you've written down, what you've journaled? Yeah. Originally, it was just for me. Mm. And as I was writing it uh, in the later stages, certainly, I was thinking, well, it might help my two sons and my six grandchildren okay. to be able to process what grandma's gone through. Mm. Um, and then I thought, well, I wonder if it might be a value to a wider readership. I wasn't convinced, um, but I got so far with it. And by this time, I'd added a lot of reflective yeah. stuff, particularly scriptures that God gave to me, uh, which really came alive, which I'd known for years. And mm -hmm. I suddenly thought, oh, right. Um, and I got to a point where it was coming up to a weekend when Roger Aubrey was coming to visit the church to speak on a Sunday. And just in a flash, I just thought, I need to show this to Roger. Roger being a, a, a teacher and an author yeah. himself and yeah. somebody that um, uh, kind of mega mind. <laughs> yes. I mean, I get on well with Roger. I can talk to him as easily as I can talk to yeah. anybody. But he has such a, a wealth of experience yeah. as a, a Bible teacher and as a published author. I don't know how many books he has published. I thought, I'll show it to Roger and see what he thinks. Mm -hmm. And as I say, it wasn't complete. And bless him, he took it away. And it was two or three weeks before I heard anything. But he had been doing such a thorough job. Um, reading it very carefully and actually editing it. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm an ex-English teacher. I'm very uh, keen on accurate punctuation <laughs> and not repeating words in consecutive sentences, etc., etc. But he was picking up things that I hadn't. <laughs> so bless him for that. Um, it was so good. And he made suggestions. Mm. But the underlying theme was, David, you must definitely publish. Okay. This is not just for you or your family. There are many people who will benefit from reading this mm. because of the experience that you and Gwen have been through. So, uh, And he also recommended two publishers. Oh, okay. One to of go which I, I did take up. And that's oh, okay. where we end up with the book. Was it um, quite vulnerable? giving it to Roger to say, here, what, what do you think? Or was it just like, I just need to know whether there's something more in this? I suppose in a way I was um, making myself vulnerable. Um, I think it was Adrian Plass who said, he was quoting somebody else. He said, writing is easy. You just sit at your typewriter or your, your, your laptop and you open a vein. <laughs> and I thought there's something of truth in that. I, we were exposing, I was exposing our lives, yeah. the innermost workings of our thinking and our praying and our, our crying and so on um, to a lot of other people. So yes, I was making us vulnerable to that. But in a sense, any kind of Christian ministry does involve that. Mm. I have to make myself available to 
answerable to, vulnerable to, uh, a congregation if I'm preaching to them, a group of people if I'm teaching them. There has to be that openness and say, well, this is me. Uh, I present myself to you and not just my thoughts and my, mm. my words. Um, but I knew I could trust Roger. Yeah. Uh, he's such a good man. Yeah. Through the the kind of through the whole process of you deciding um, whether there was something in this for a, a wider audience, mm. and through the whole process of editing and rewriting and going through the publishing and all that kind of stuff, what what did you find difficult? Um, you know, was it was it quite hard going through the material again, or was it quite therapeutic and cathartic for you to go through and, and see how God had been working? And what what did you really enjoy about the process as well? Yeah, what did you find most difficult, and what did you really enjoy about doing it? Um, <clears throat> I think I cried more going through it a second time than I did when I wrote the original. Mm. I mean, there were tears on the pages of the yeah, exercise book yeah. when I first wrote it, but certainly going through it again uh, and recalling particular moments. Mm. Uh, pressure times for Gwen. Um, yeah, that was that was quite hard. Mm. Um, enjoyment. <laughs> I've always enjoyed writing, but I'd never envisaged writing something like this. Mm. But I think um, getting through the process, um, putting in the in the hands of uh, a trusted. American publisher. I mean, I, I, it was vicarious trust through Roger. He knew them, yeah. worked with them. So I put my trust there as well. And uh, through the weeks of getting to the point where it was actually appearing as a book, um, that was exciting. Mm. Yes. Um, and he told me, or that, no, they told me they have. I think there are 4,000 Christian bookshops in America and the information goes out to all of them, plus thousands of churches. Wow. And Roger said the biggest market will surely be in America mm -hmm. because they're much more into buying Christian books than we are mm -hmm. in this country. So that was quite exciting. I thought, yeah. well, if there are 4,000 Christian bookshops and one person in each of those bookshops buys 4,000 books, isn't it? Um, my expense will be covered and more than covered. Um, it was only latterly I thought, well, if and when I do cover my expenses, whatever comes in beyond that, um, I will give half to Queen's Court and half to the MMD Association. Yeah, good. There is that extra layer, if you like, of value in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, very meaningful for you. What, what, did, you, what did you learn? Maybe about you, about yourself, or or just learn about life in general. Going through this and writing this book. Um, I learned a lot about various aspects of the National Health Service, mm. which were new to me, uh, such as district nurses coming in, and latterly carers. I know they're not NHS, but they're associated. And then the people at Queen's Court, the hospice, um, we'd had slight involvement with Queen's Court over the years. 
but Gwen was quite convinced that um, she wanted yeah. her final stage to be in Queen's Court and the way it worked was just beautiful. Um, it was during COVID, it was during a lockdown, so that hmm. messed things up to the point where, yeah. you know, I drove into the car park and she had to walk in by herself. Oh, um, and I couldn't visit inside Queen's Court. I had to go right around the outside and sit outside her patio door. She was inside, initially sitting in a chair, but latterly lying in bed. Um, but they made it as as acceptable as possible. I had to wear all the clover, you know, I was outside, <laughs> you know, this mask. And yeah. I had to have my bit scary times, wasn't temperature it? Temperature taken, yeah. yeah. Uh, even to stay outside the, the room. So I, I grew a, a, a huge amount of respect for the whole work of the hospice, yeah. uh, the doctors, the nurses, the so many volunteers as well. Um, and they do make it a, a very acceptable place yeah. for this kind of process of leaving this world. Yeah. yeah. What what are you hoping for people to get from your book when they read it? Um, I hope, and from some feedback I've got already, it, it is the case that people are saying this will help um, to face the reality of, of dying, yeah. of a progressively uh, desperate diagnosis and what follows from that. I mean, all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances face difficulties and some of them are far longer and far harder than we have. I mean, Gwen was ill or after diagnosis had two, two years and four months. Some people live with MND for 10, 15. I mean, Stephen Hawking lived with it for about 15 years. Yeah. Um, in fact, when we first got the, the diagnosis, <laughs> the doctor said, thinking he was being kind. Well, Stephen Hawking lived for 50 years as MMD. And Gwen's immediate side was, oh, well, don't I don't want that. Yeah. You know, the sooner the better if it has to be mm -hmm. that she goes to death. Just to know that God is with you in it and the scriptures that came alive for us both, and particularly for me after the event. Mm. Um, that scripture is not just a you know a two thousand year old compilation of stuff. It's the living, breathing word of God, mm. which speaks into tough circumstances. Yeah. Um, and you wrestle with Romans eight twenty eight. Mm -hmm. We know that in all things God works for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Mm. Gwen more than once questioned that. What good can come out of this? Mm. You know that I'm going through that we're we're going through, but a lot of good did come through it, um, certainly with hindsight. And if through reading the book, people can look at their own circumstances and say, "Well, this is how God can move and how God can speak and how God can help people through," then that is going to be of benefit. Yeah, and I've already got evidence of people saying that that is the case. Yeah. Um, my niece had a friend who she she died of MND the same year as Gwen. Okay. 
Um, and so she has a company of friends and she's passed the book on to one of them already who has come back with a very wonderful response. Mm. Really not a Christian, but a lady who said, well, this is remarkable. Mm. You know, if God is really active in this way, um, that's good. Yeah, it's God coming to, to meet us and walk, um, walk through the valley with us so to speak isn't it yeah um and it's the though uh, the pain is real and not lessened in in any way it's it's changed and transformed by the presence of god being in there in and through us yeah so and i've certainly found i mean obviously i wouldn't have chosen for gwen to leave mm. but been wonderful the way that God has been so close mm. sorry mm. I wasn't expecting that <laughs> sorry um, but I now hear God with an intensity and a regularity more than I did before yeah I've probably cried more since I was 70 than I cried in all the years before I was 70. <laughs> uh, and I'm not ashamed of that. Um, I think the way that God deals with us, it stirs things and it's partly gratitude for the good God that he is, yeah. as well as sadness for all that yeah. went through. Um, and God has just shown me things uh, scriptures that I thought I knew and then you get a, a different slant on them. I, I can't think of an example at the moment but I was aware of that in writing the book. Mm. There were scriptures there that um, meant even more to me than they had before. Yeah. Um, and, and the book is so wonderful, the, the Bible I'm talking about, not my book. Um, Your book as well. <laughs> That's beautiful, <laughs> not me. Um, that it really does relate to 21st century life mm. in all its reality, which for some people is very, very grim. Mm. Ours was grim. It wasn't very, very grim, but it was, it was bad enough. Mm. Uh, but God refreshes me through his word, I would say on a daily basis, mm -hmm. you know, um, I can't talk to Gwen about things now, but I can talk to God, and I do talk to God more now than I did before. Mm. I'm, in a way, I'm ashamed to say that. Yeah, but it's the truth because there's nobody else in there. I mean, some days I'm literally on my own all day. Mm -hmm. um, I know I could do things to be in touch with other people. I could go and make a nuisance of myself with <laughs> other people, but I don't. Um, and some days I am literally on my own all through the day. And, and comfortable in that? I think I say in the book that I, I've always been comfortable with my own company. Mm -hmm. And that has intensified, certainly since Gwen left. Um, 
there have been times when I've, I've longed for company and it wasn't there. Um, and I have felt lonely some days, um, which again, I could do something about, but I, I've, I've not done. Um, but then I found that fellowship in the church has been even more valuable than I thought it was before. Mm -hmm. To be in the worship team, mm -hmm. you know, is such a privilege because we don't just practice songs. Mm -hmm. We worship together. We wait on God together. We prophesy mm -hmm. over each other. Mm -hmm. We pray together. We learn together. We grow together. And that, that is so precious, mm -hmm. you know. And we had that period when we did life groups rather than connect groups. And there were various activities available to us. And... Uh, Baking was on offer, and I thought, I've never baked in my life, I wonder what it's like. And it was Ali Rothwell who was leading it, and I thought, well, I, I get on well with Ali, she's fun, she's, she's a good lady. I, so I put my name down for that, and I learned how to bake, and I'm still baking now. I know, we had the, the pleasure of uh, enjoying the fruits of your labours a few weeks ago. Well, there you go. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the good things that come out of it. Mm. But um, I've opened myself up to new possibilities. Yeah. And I said that to God straight away. As soon as Gwen had gone, I said, Lord, I wouldn't have chosen this, but this is a new chapter. And I'm open for whatever you want to bring into my life. Um, uh, I don't think that that will bring a new wife. Although mm. Gwen said, if you find another lady and you want to get married, you know, Be if you nice. need my permission, you've got it. <laughs> But she was very happy for me to form an attachment um, that hasn't happened. There are people I get on particularly well with, but um, I'm not expecting to get married again. It was Tony Ling. I, I, I didn't name him in the book, but he was the one who got up at Bible Week after Hazel. She died from cancer a long time ago now. And he was aware that certain people were trying to link him up with yeah eligible ladies and said for the best one in the world I am not looking for another wife <laughs> and the same is true for me what would your advice be to people um, who are watching who are listening um, who are working their way through the book what would your advice be to them as they are walking through the valley um, well I would say that my learning process was intensified in the valley. Mm. Um, I think because I was so vulnerable, God recognized that. And he brought not just scriptures, but people into my life um, when I particularly needed them. Uh, so I would say to people, certainly don't give up. If you are a person of faith, then rest even more firmly on God, on the Spirit of God who is within you, on the Word of God that really does speak into your life. Um, and get people around you who pray and who will help you through. Um, I, I've been blessed in, in all those ways. Um, 
life can be very unfair, you know. Nobody said it will be easy riding, and for many people it isn't. Different circumstances, different afflictions. Um, but God intends us to come through. Um, I didn't get the title for the book until it was actually complete. Um, and I was writing the final reflections, and I thought, well, what is the message? And it was simply that, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Mm. And Gwen and I walked through the shadow and then the shadow for Gwen became reality. And I had to continue walking. And it was important that I didn't give up. I didn't back off. I didn't say, well, that's the end for me and God, because I knew that it wasn't. God had been with me and with us all the way through. And I was sure that he would take me on into new things. And I think for anybody else who's going through tough times, if you read the book, I hope it will encourage you to hang in there. Um, weep the weeping if you have to, and you probably will. But that's part of the process. Uh, I think it makes us more sensitive to other people. Mm. And I hope that's the case with me, that I'm more um, compassionate towards people who are going through stuff. Um, I think that's probably the case. Um, I'm with non-Christians. I mean, I have family who are far away from God. And some of them have read the book. And their response has been very positive as well. So I'm very encouraged by that. And I hope I can develop... Um, the relationship with those um, at a, a deeper level because they've read the book, yeah. because they know what I've been through. Mm. I think that will be the case. I mean, some of them I, I don't see very often, but um, I think when I do see them, they'll be more of a heart-to-heart -heart than mm. just, hello, how are you? What have you been up to? And how can we get the book, David? Um, it's on Amazon. Um, both in book form and uh, as an e-book. Um, it's far more expensive than I thought it would be. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say. But I would encourage people to buy it rather than borrow it from somebody who's already <laughs> bought um, Yeah. The, the, the publishers did say, you know, we can offer you a, a further package of uh, marketing and so on and so forth. And I thought, that's more expense. Uh, no, I believe God is in this and God will Very good. get it through to the people who need to read it. I think if we'd had still a Christian bookshop in Southport, I would have bought, say, 50 copies from mm -hmm. the publishers, put them in the, the bookshop, and then possibly done a, a public Something. signing, that kind of thing. I have signed a few books, which is important, <laughs> but that's uh, that's a bit of vanity. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, David, and uh, it's been a privilege talking to you. And I hope that this is really helpful for people that um, just want to hear a bit more about the story and uh, and to hear about your book and get into it and see them come through the valley. It's been great to talk to you. I'm sorry about the tears. Well, I'm not sorry about them, but. You'll probably edit them out anyway. I hope. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs>